I'm going to move into my message very, very quickly. So can we come up with the first slide? Can I have the first slide of my message up? Is it up? I'm not sure if that, well, it is up. There you go. So can we go to the next one? Because I, I, usually it appears on the back screen. It's not. So let me just, uh, in, at the end of the meeting, Pastor Charles is uh, going to direct you in just some of the things we're going to do. But there is a brochure we've got out on prayer and fasting. And so it's a 21-day, we're doing a 21-day partial fast. We call it a Daniel fast. I'm going to explain that a little bit later on. Uh, it starts on Wednesday the 1st, because we want to you know, go with the calendar so it makes it easier. Charles's birthday is on the 5th. He always complains. He goes, why do you have to have prayer and fasting during February? I think it's a great idea and it's a good discipline for him. Uh, but it starts on Wednesday the 1st, finishes on Tuesday the 21st of February. In the middle of that, there'll be two corporate prayer meetings. What does that mean? It means that we're all going to come together as a church and in those particular nights on those two particular Wednesday, the 8th and the 15th, from 7.30 till 9 o'clock, we're coming together and pray. How many of you know that something begins to change in the atmosphere over a city uh, when we pray? And let me just say this. Do you know, Melbourne has been voted the greatest and the best livable city in the world. Isn't that amazing? Well, you're not very excited about that at all, but you live in Melbourne. Isn't it amazing that we live in the city that's been voted the best city to live in. But our crime rate has gone through the roof. Interesting paradox. You know, we need to pray. I don't think the government has all the answers, but we need to pray for our city. And we're going to be praying for leaders, our city, because I believe that God can turn it around. How many of you believe that? If we, gee, you're very quiet this morning. How many of you believe that, that God can do that? And I think we're going to see some great things happen. So what happens when we or a group of people or people decide to pray and fast? This morning, I want to give you some thoughts that have helped me and I pray that will help you. And maybe you've never uh, had a season where you've actually dedicated your life to praying and fasting. I pray today that you will get an understanding of what actually can happen in your life, what can happen in your family life, what can happen in your workplace, what can happen in our church and in our community. Over the last three years, uh, we've always done this as a church. And, you know, I can tell you this now. Sometimes I don't think we understand the results that have happened because of praying and fasting. You know, I, I think some of the miracles, some of the people that have got come to Christ, uh, some of the incredible situations that have happened in our church have been a direct result because we've prayed and fasted. And so when you pray and fast, this is what happens. It connects us, if we can go to the next slide, it connects us with God and engages His presence. The Bible says that where the presence of God is, there's liberty, there's freedom. And there's freedom of spirit and, and freedom in our circumstances. The second thing that happens is it brings in His purpose. You know, we've all got an agenda. We've all got some ideas, but I want God's ideas. How many of you want that? You know, vision is not about me bringing you my good ideas or my, you know, leadership ideas. But when we pray and fast, not only do we bring the prayer presence of God in, but we also begin to understand the purpose of God. You know God has a purpose for your life. Do you know that? 
And you know, he has an unfolding purpose. And he has placed that upon your life and within your life from the moment that you were born. But it's our responsibility to position ourselves to engage to see how that his purpose unfolds in our life. When we pray and fast, what it does, it begins to give us a clearer picture on what God has got for our life. The third thing is that his power is manifest as we pray and as we fast. How many of you need the power of God in your life? I need the presence of God. I need the purpose of God. And I need the power of God outworking in my life. When I pray and fast, what happens is I engage with God and I can access these three things, his presence, his purpose, and his power. You know, last year in 2016, um, at the end of the meeting, like I said, we'll, we'll be giving you one of these brochures and you can fill in things that you need prayer for personally. How many of you have some personal things that you need some answers on? Uh, some, well, there's, a, there's a, a, a passage here where you can put about your family. Uh, you might have some family challenges. We're gonna, there's things here about our church. And we want you to be involved in that prayer. And so, you know, last year I, I was praying for two personal things in my own life. They'd become a real burden. And, and they were affecting the way I was processing life. They were affecting just my, my attitudes. And, you know, and, and, you know, I was getting quite discouraged about these particular situations. And we began to pray in, in February. And that was just the personal side. But, you know, I began to pray in February. And, um, you know, sometimes you need to sow before you reap. When you pray, you won't get, sometimes you don't get instant results. You don't get instant answers. But God hears your prayer. And let me tell you something about it. He knows the timing of your life. He knows exactly the timing of your life. Whatever you're walking through, whatever you're praying for, He knows exactly when to answer prayer. It's a great thing about God. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until just some months later that these two prayers that I had carried in my spirit, this burden that I had seemed to be carrying, that God came through in an incredible, miraculous way to begin to open up doors and just, you know, like a jigsaw puzzle, and I've said this before, just bring the circumstances to a place where I had a breakthrough. Isn't that fantastic? And that's what God wants to do for us. This morning, just as part of, you know, just wanting to encourage you in prayer and fasting, I'm just going to ask ask uh, Damien and Jade to come up here, and uh, Jade's a little bit nervous, Damien's not quite as nervous, because we had a chat this week, I want you to give them a big, big hand, would you do that as they come up, a little bit louder, so that they can really feel encouraged, they're such a cool looking couple, look at them, do you know, I used to look like Damien, and uh, do you know, then I got married, and that's all I'm going to say, and I got better looking. Uh, you know, I did a wedding. I, I did a wedding last year. They just got the wedding photos back, and the couple uh, just told me, Michael and Lauren just told me, well, actually, it was a dad, told me that you've come up, you're very photogenic. You've come up really good. How many of you believe that? Put your hand up. Oh, gosh. Okay, all right. Tough crowd. Well, this couple have been in our church uh, since, I think, September. And uh, in September the 9th, uh, Jade was diagnosed with something that uh, many of us would find very, very difficult. So Damien, um, because you seem to understand all the medical terminology, I I'm going to hand to you what 
was your wife was diagnosed with a condition. Can you tell us about it? You need to put your microphone up. Yep. Fantastic. Um, so on September 9th, uh, Jade was diagnosed with a uh, brain tumour. Um, <coughs> and um, basically our life was turned upside down. We got two um, little children. Uh, one was only four months. The other one's three years old. And, um, yeah, we just <coughs> basically um, life was turned upside down and didn't know what, what our future held. Uh, that was on the Friday and we sort of, um, we came home, she was in hospital overnight on the Friday night. We came home on Saturday and all um, all the family came over, her brothers and um, their partners and we were probably the flattest we've ever been. Um, <coughs> and um, I remember on the Sunday morning, um, Jade's father, Rick, messaged us all and said, I'm going to be at church. And none of us have, have been before. Rick comes here, you know, every week basically said to us, I'm going to be at church um, this morning. I'll have plenty of seats next to me if you want to come. And we all just, we all came and, um, you know, um, since then, <coughs> um, church has just um, helped us have this calmness about us, basically, um, <coughs> through this whole, uh, the last four months. So can you tell us how big the tumour was and where it was? Yep, so um, the tumour was about, um, I think, five centimetres by, by three was on the left-hand side of her, um, her head. Um, and basically, um, they said they wouldn't be able to remove it all because of where it was. And there was risks in, um, in operation to, uh, that might paralyse or the right-hand side of her or, should, you know, there's a possibility if they removed it all. Um, so, yeah, on the, um, uh, what was it, October 19th, basically, um, she had surgery and had it um, removed as much as they could. <coughs> and, um, yeah... So I remember I was actually in Bendigo when you guys came here and Charles got the whole church to pray and something began to, to happen. And then I met you the second week and we all got together and prayed. But how has prayer helped you guys? How has prayer helped you? Well, it's helped us uh, sleep at night, basically. Um, and Jade's anxiety and everything just, you know, brings a calmness to us every time we pray. Um keep going even when things are tough and it's been the most scariest time of our lives but since that day we've had hope and courage and strength to keep on going even though we sort of got some worse news before it got better but um, I remember uh, when you were you know you had the operation you were about to have the operation um, they said you could be paralysed on one side and then the operation when you came out of the operation it looked like uh, you could have, you know, done anything. You, you were just amazing. It was like you were glowing. And uh, the results were totally different to what everybody had, well, what the doctors had told you. Yeah, the doctors said it was highly likely that I would, um, my left side would be affected and it was completely fine. The first thing I did when I got out of surgery was move my feet and legs and um, that was the best feeling, just to know that Isn't that amazing. okay. And she was walking the next day. Yeah. And, you know, when we saw her, we just couldn't believe that, you know, and the doctors do an amazing thing. How many of you know that? Thank God for doctors. We need to keep praying. But I believe that our God is a great God. And uh, the results that they've had is amazing. Now, then the bad news came because it was such a high 
uh, and so many people have prayed for you here in the church. I remember, uh, and this isn't a coincidence. Did you know they happened to be sitting, the Sunday I met them, they were sitting on this side, and I went to pray for them, and they told me their situation. And I said, I must get Ross and Cheryl, because Cheryl, uh, who are two of our elders, they're away today at a birthday party for their one of their um, grandkids. And um, that she had gone through the same, a, a typical same operation. And it just so happens that they were sitting behind them on the day. And I called them over and said, hey, you guys need to connect. Because, you know, sometimes we need faith. We need other people's responses. And uh, they began to pray with them. And so has the church. And it's been amazing what God has done. But you came out of that. Two days later, you get bad news. What was that news? Um, So after surgery, um, you know, we were just so excited that it went well. And that she was walking and, you know, everything just seemed perfect. We were, you know, just so happy with that. And then um, I think it was the next day after surgery, they, uh, they gave us the pathology results. And the result was that it was a grade four tumour. Uh, uh, grade three, sorry. Um, and um, that she'd need further treatment, um, which was radiotherapy and um, uh, chemotherapy at the same time. And that was to start, that started in... Um, uh, November, so and she's finished all that treatment now, just before Christmas. So they've just given you your new results. Yes. So what news have you just received? So basically, they've said that it's going really well. Um, I think the radiologist used the words that couldn't have possibly gone any better. Um, yeah, and it's doing its job. I still, I'm still on a journey. I just start chemo again tomorrow, in tablet form. And um, yeah, they say said it's all looking really good, and the tough bit's over now. We're just cruising. And do you know, you guys weren't coming to church. You're here every Sunday now. Um, and it's something's happened to your hearts. And even though circumstances sometimes go up and down in our life, it seems like every time you do cry out to God and you pray, there's just a peace in your heart. Would that be right? Yeah, 100%. I still remember the, um, the night before um, surgery. It was the scariest night and um, Pastor Nick came over with a few others from church and we had a few of us around and um, we all prayed together and um, that night we both slept like really well and it was just amazing. You wouldn't think that the day before going through, um, the next day going through uh, brain surgery that you would actually sleep at all and then we had to be at Cabrini Hospital down in Malvern at 6.30am so we're up at you know 5 o'clock or 5.30 and the way Jade was, it was just, it wasn't Jade, like it was like we were going on a holiday. Like we were packing the, the car and we were just, just so up and about. It was just, it was, it was God just saying, I'm here, you know, with you guys and you're going to be fine, you know. Yeah. And we drove the whole way there. We had the worship songs going in the car and, um, yeah, it was just amazing, you know. I'm going to leave it with you. Do you want to say anything else? Because you're the one that, you said you're going to be nervous. I think you're doing incredible, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know, but isn't she doing fantastic? No. She is amazing. And uh, I, I don't know if you understand the journey that these two have been on. I just know, I thank God for doctors. But I know there is a healing God and a loving God that loves us. And, you know, when we turn to him, then he meets our needs. I, I, is there anything you would like to say? Would you like to thank people? Would you like to? Oh, I'd like to thank everyone, God. First and foremost, and everyone here, you, everyone that's prayed for us, and it's like one big family. You've all been a massive support, and as tough as it's been, um, there's just been so many miracles along the way and blessings, and 
we're different, better people for it. Yeah. And it sort of sounds weird, but you wouldn't change what's happened. So I think we're on a different life path now, and it's a better one than. Yeah, we both changed for the good. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? That's awesome. Let's pray. We're going to pray. Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you do that? Do you know, if you have a need here today, do you know God can meet your need? You don't need us to come and lay hands on you because God knows your circumstances. Would you do that? We're going to pray for them. Father, we thank you for your incredible love and, Father, for answering prayer. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that when we cry out to you, you hear our cry. Our prayers don't have to be adequate. Our prayers don't even have to be, Lord, so so deep and articulate. And you hear our cry just like a mother and a father would hear the cry of a baby. And Father, you've heard Damien and Jade's cry. You've heard the family cry. But Lord, when they've prayed, when they've come together, something powerful has happened. Lord, it's not just been a physical change, but it's been a change of heart. Lord, you have released something in their spirit. Father, I believe you're going to use this couple. I believe that, Lord, you're going to use this couple to be a testimony for your glory. Lord, I I can see many people coming to you both and and opening up their hearts and and many of them being in in crisis. But as you begin to speak, and I I even see you, Jade, putting your arms around those that are broken. I, I just see both of you just putting your arms and beginning to speak hope. I see change of lives happening. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen Amen. and amen. Thank you. Bless you. Bless you. you all. Fantastic. You may be seated. Thanks, bud. That's awesome. So prayer works. And when we pray and fast, something powerful begins to happen to our lives. Do you know what? I believe that we're going to see many, many stories like that. Can, do you believe that? And already there are stories that are, you know, that are coming in our church. Their lives are coming and everybody has a story. So why do we pray and fast? Why is praying and fasting so important? Let me give you some things very quickly. Here's some things that fasting is not. Let me concentrate on fasting just for a minute. Fasting is not about trying to manipulate God to do what you want. How many of you know that God can't be manipulated? Uh, Who's tried to manipulate God? Put your hand up if you've tried. Man, have I tried. I'm a good manipulator. I know. I put on the tears. I put on this. I say, God, you're not And God says, son, I know exactly what I'm doing. You just trust me. The second thing is fasting does not make you more worthy to receive from God. Do you know, sometimes we think that if we fast, what it does, it makes us more worthy to receive from God. Let me tell you this. The only reason that we are worthy is because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. It doesn't make you more worthy because God is not into the fact that you have to try and work out your worthiness. He's already worked that out on a cross. So it doesn't position us to be more worthy. The third thing is that fasting doesn't make you more holy. Just because you fast, it doesn't mean that you actually are more holy. Because again, it's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ that we have our worth and that we actually have that sanctification that comes from Jesus Christ. The fourth thing is fasting, and I haven't got this on this, but Charles actually said to me, you know what, some people think fasting is dieting. 
Fasting is not dieting, even though it does help. I find in February that my belt sizes do change. And there are physical you know, benefits of fasting, but fasting is not about dieting. And some people think that it is, but it's not. There is a spiritual truth that happens when you fast. So what happens when you actually fast? Let me give you five things very quickly. Number one. Fasting positions our focus and our heart towards God. It's an examination of your heart. Pastor Greg, uh, last Sunday, he spoke about many times, you know, being full of the Spirit is really more about, and he gave the picture of a sailboat, it's about positioning our sail so that God can actually fill it and direct us with His Spirit. So when you fast, it, it actually turns your heart and focus towards God. This morning, through communion and through the worship leading, Marie just both both of our, our guys, you know, talked about shifting our focus to God. How many of you know that during the year, things begin to happen to you, and what happens is there's distractions, and, you know, they pull us this way and that, but what happens, fasting actually positions and focuses your heart towards God. The second thing is, fasting begins to remove the distractions from our lives, and are there many? There are so many distractions. Boy, I can't believe it. You know, technology, as much as I love it, I don't understand it, but I do love it because it helps me. Well, it's supposed to help me. But we've got, you know, every minute of the day, did you know every minute of the day you can be engaged in something? The other day I went to the chiropractor, and that's another story, but I, I went there and I had to wait. So my phone, uh, iPhone came out. I was able to do emails. I was able to do Facebook. I was able to do everything. And, you know, and then I was getting bored. And so you know, then you got another app. So we've got distractions. We've got televisions. We've got, and, and all those things are good in the right place. But we live in a world that so distracts us away from getting touched by God. And so that's what fasting does. Number three, fasting removes the self-focus of our own strength and resources. Do you know, I believe that one of the th reasons that we don't see the miracles that we could see in our Western culture is because we are very well resourced. We have a lot at our fingertips. And sometimes it seems like we don't need God. I find that I actually press into God and I want to, you know, connect with God greater when I go through a crisis. God is brilliant. at bringing us to a place where we are out of control. How many of you are control freaks? Put your hand up. Five people. <laughs> How many of you have to always be in control? Put your hand up. That's a bit more honest. How many of you always want to have situations and circumstances under your control? Put your hand up. And isn't it amazing that things happen to us? I felt like mentioning a few names, they say, oh, no, better not go there. I, I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes. <laughs> the front row, please keep it silent. <laughs> because you know what? Because you see, when we're in control, we'll feel safe. You know, but God brings us to places and fasting, what it does, and many times what happens is fasting makes us realize that our dependency is on God. It actually brings us to a place where we take our hands off. And you know what? There are situations in our lives that we're, it's out of control. 
There's some of you here, there's people here today, there's situations that you're walking through and you've tried everything you can to make it work and it just hasn't worked. And what fasting does, it brings us to a place where we, we put our dependency and we put our reliance on God. And boy, if only we could learn to live like that. But fasting brings me back, it humbles me to realise that I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the resources. There's things that I just can't do. And it helps me to trust. Here's the fourth thing which is really important. Fasting helps my spirit to rest. You know the word restoration? Half of the word is rest. Do you know your spirit needs to rest? And when fasting, what happens is because there's so many distractions on your soul, there's so many demands, you know, my world is quite busy. I have to be very disciplined and particularly over the last, you know, I've looked at my diary and thought to myself, man, but you know what, one of the keys that I have found, somebody said to me the other day, actually it was Damien, he was in my office, he said, you always look chilled. Well, don't, don't ask my wife that, but you know, you always look quite chilled. And I've got a lot on my plate, but, you know, one of the things I've had to learn to do is I've had to learn to let my spirit rest. And what fasting does, it, it take by taking away those distractions, your spirit can actually be restored. It can actually come to a place where it can recover, be renewed, and be refreshed. Let me make this statement. When you are not at rest, when your spirit is feeling restless or your emotions are restless, you make reckless decisions. I have found that if something is agitating me and I'm not at rest, I make reckless decisions. And friends, let me tell you this, fasting, what it does, because I remove myself from those distractions that are pulling at me, televisions and sometimes, you know, even food, can distract you. Like, you know, Meredith's got two sisters. Uh, they forget to eat. I think something's drastically wrong with them. <laughs> How can you forget to eat? I, I think of what I'm going to eat the night when I go to bed. I'm thinking, what am I going to eat tomorrow? <laughs> Sometimes I ask Meredith, what are you cooking tomorrow? You know what I mean? What, what, I get up and what are you cooking tonight? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it is a distraction. Actually, did you know, who, who's with me here? Put your hand up if you, yeah. Some of you right now are thinking, wish you'd hurry up, I'm thinking about lunch. <laughs> you unspiritual people. But you know, um, did you know your body? I, I, I saw a documentary that actually fasting, even for your body, is good because your, 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 your organs, your stomach, your digestion needs to rest. It's interesting, Jesus, you know, God ha- has implemented that we need to have a rest day. I think that's true, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And fasting helps me to begin to let my spirit recover and rest and be renewed and restored. Here's the last thing, that, that fasting empowers my spirit. What happens is because I, I place myself where I, I can, God is spirit and he can connect with my spirit and I take that time to connect with him, my spirit becomes more sensitive to his voice. And when I hear his voice, faith is activated. 
It's not that you are more empowered because you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. But what actually happens is faith comes by hearing. And because there's so many noises today pulling at us, we can't hear the Spirit of God. We can't hear the, 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 you know, the voice of God. And, and, but when your spirit becomes sensitive, you can walk through a crowd and the Holy Spirit can speak to you and you can move in realms of faith to minister to people. We see that about Jesus. So let me give you three. There, there are seven uh, patterns and principles in the Bible that we see about fasting. I'm just going to give you three. Now we finished in about uh, two hours. Okay, so, so these are patterns and principles, but ultimately, ultimately, God looks at your heart and your motive when you fast. Ultimately. So I'm going to give you some patterns and principles, and I don't want you to get all called, caught up in them because, you know, in the Bible there's teaching that there's a one-day fast, there's a three-day fast, there's a seven-day fast, there's a 21-day partial fast that we saw Daniel do, there's a 40-day fast. So it's not about numbers or anything like that. At the end of the day, it's about your heart. But I need you to understand that in the Bible there are patterns that we see uh, of people who turned to God, who fasted because they needed God to intervene in their situation. So the first one we see was a, a fast of a crisis. And in Esther chapter 4 verse 16, uh, if we can have that up there, we see that Esther, the people of, uh, of Israel, the Jews are in a crisis because there is a plot against them to kill them and, and you, you can read the story when you get home Esther 4.16 and Mordecai who was Esther's uncle and Esther had been chosen to become uh, one of the, the girls that could particularly become a bride of the king and uh, she had been positioned, she had favour from God and God had positioned her in a place where she could actually have favour and change the course of history. And Mordecai, her uncle, uh, and I'm just giving you, you know, glimpses of the story, you know, goes to her and, and pleads with her and says, do you know that you haven't been bored here just so your life gets better? You've got you to understand this picture. It's not, it, he didn't go to go, hey, you, you, God hasn't put you here just so you can have a better life, just so you can become a princess. God has put you here for his divine purpose. Friends, let me tell you this. God has a purpose for our life. Sometimes we can't see it. And God had positioned her in that position, and he went to her, and this is how she responded. She said this. She says to her uncle, gather together all the people and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days night night and day. Now, in those days when it says don't drink, it wasn't that they weren't to drink water, but they weren't to drink wines or other, you know, um, drinks that actually fueled them. And so water was, was, was part of that. They could do that, but they were not to eat or drink and have stuff like wine. So what, what happened is the people fasted and God heard their cry and brought an incredible deliverance to the people. So sometimes what happens, you might be in a crisis. Isn't it funny when we get in crisis, we run everywhere. We run here, we run there, we're trying to get counsel. I'd like us to think we run to God. And sometimes you might be in the middle of a crisis why don't you turn to God and see what God can do? Here's the second thing we see in the Bible. We see uh, a fasting, a 21 partial day fast with Daniel. Now here Daniel was looking for direction and revelation. Have we got those up there? I don't know. If, 
they haven't gone up there? Okay. So the second thing was direction and revelation. In Daniel chapter 10 verse 2, Daniel, uh, he, he served under four kings and he needed wisdom and he needed to get wisdom on how and revelation uh, and direction on what God wanted him to do and speak into the nation. And so what he does, he begins to uh, come to a place where he says, God, I need to hear from you. I need to know what the direction is that you want me to take. So in Daniel chapter 2 verse 10 verse 2, it says this, at the time I, Daniel, mourned and fasted for three weeks. I ate no choice foods, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions. That was interesting when I read that, men using lotions. No lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Now, you, if you study the life of Daniel, it's quite incredible. He was a prophetic person. Uh, he, he served under four kings, and he gave direction to these heathen nations. Isn't that amazing what happened? But he needed to hear from God. And what did he do? He went on a 21-day uh, partial fast, which is what we model and what we pattern our partial fast on today. Now, when you come to fasting, when I come to fasting in February, because we're doing a partial fast, some of you might want to do a, a, a full three-day fast and still do your partial fast. It's really up to you how you do that. Uh, but what we do, what I do, I pick certain things that I know are not easy for me to let go of. Uh, for instance, coffee. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Coffee's not an easy thing for me to give up. Um, you know, the other thing is carbs. Uh, give me pizza, give me pasta, anything that starts with P, I love it. But a partial fast is basically saying, God, I'm going to remove these things for 21 days because I want these things can become a distraction to me. The other thing is we remove television. Um, you know, my wife said to me, are you going to not see Facebook? And I did say yes. So I'm caught in that now. I've made a public declaration. Uh, because it, it does grab my attention. Now, that's me. For you, it might be something different. Maybe for you, it's Coke or it's something else that you feel, you know what, I'm going to put this aside because I want to have this space to make it for God. Now, you might say, well, do we just fast? No, you pray and fast. So if you just fast, it's not really the full picture of what we believe the Bible talks about. Because by not watching TV, it gives me extra time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend that extra time reading his word, praying and getting, allowing my spirit to be refreshed, renewed and focusing on what he has for me. Now there are people here today, you need direction for this year. There's some of you here this year that you're actually saying, you know what, I, I, I don't have clear direction. How many of you know God wants to give you clear direction because he has a purpose for your life? And if you would do this sort of a fast, I believe God will answer your prayer. I know that God answers prayer. And can I also say this, you might think, and I hope you do, look, I'm a fairly good leader. Um, I've got a leadership gift. Um, you know, I, I, I lead well, I, I, I think, I hope, I pray. But let me say this to you. Most of the things that happen in our church is not because of my brilliant leadership. Because I truly wait. I, this is his church. It's not my church. He's at the head. He's the captain. He's in charge. And, you know, I don't just come up and go, well, you know, let's, let this, this, this other church down the road's doing that. 
And this church, I've got to hear what God is saying to me and to our eldership. And then we lead according to the spirit and the direction that God sets for us. Or else all we are is another organization led by some good leadership. But we are his body, his hands, his arms to do and fulfill the work of God. And so, you know, this is the amazing thing. In Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, it says this, that actually God had heard Daniel's prayer, but there was a spiritual battle. Do you know, you might not understand this, you might be new to the church, you might be new to Christianity, but do you know there's a spiritual, there are spiritual battles over your life and there are demonic activity that try and stop the purposes of God. And Daniel, even though he prayed, he was waiting for an answer, but that answer didn't come for 21 days because the Bible says there was a spiritual battle in the heavenlies. And in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, it says this, Daniel, don't be afraid since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself, uh, your words were heard and I've come to respond to them. And God wants to respond to our words. He's heard you as soon as you pray, as soon as you set your heart towards him, as soon as you set your mind towards him, God will answer your prayer. Let me tell you this. We're not just praying. You know, God doesn't just answer our our, our prayers regarding spiritual things. He wants to answer your prayer regarding your family. He wants to answer your prayer regarding your finances. He wants to answer your prayer regarding your business. And if you would commit your life, your business, everything you do to God, he will direct your paths and make them fruitful. Is that okay? I think God is absolutely awesome. The last thing, very quickly, if I can have the musicians come, and that is that for spiritual empowerment. These are only three examples I've given you. To do God's will. And here we see, because you might say, well, those are Old Testament examples. But in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into into the desert where he fasted, listen to this, for 40 days and nights. And there he was also tempted by the devil. There was that spiritual attack. Sometimes when you fast, there is spiritual resistance. Now, this fast here is about the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Because it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, And Jesus returned from the desert to Galilee in the power of his Spirit. You know, when I do prophetic training and things like that, I do uh, have times where I fast because I need to be uh, very clear on what the Spirit of God is speaking to me. If we're going to be a church that really ministers, we need to create spaces in our life that we can minister not out of our personality not out of our experience but out of the spirit of God and to do that we need to have places where we can actually uh, fast so we can connect with God and see his presence his power and his purpose fulfilled now we are not doing a 40-day fast There's not many people I know who have actually done a 40-day fast. Nathan, would you come up here very quickly? Everybody give Nathan a big, big hand. Nathan um, did a... We're wearing the same shoes. Yeah, we are. I noticed that before. It's like the time you and Jordan wore the same shirt. Yeah, great. Thanks. That's (laughs) awesome. It's very good. We're very spiritual. That's very good. Walk walk a mile in my shoes. Okay, so... (laughs) Nathan 
fasted 40 days. Um, and I remember when he was going through that fast, there was some personal things he was walking through and some things began to happen in his life. So Nathan, why did you choose a 40-day fast? It was at the time the church was doing a 21-day fast and um, during my quiet time in the morning, I felt led to, to do a 40-day full fast. And um, I had no real uh, purpose uh, behind it. I didn't have an agenda. It was just to, to listen to what God was saying to me to clear the surrounding stuff out of my life and dedicate those times. I'm the type of person who loves food, which is quite uh, uh, visibly obvious uh, from my perfect physique. Um, yeah, so I cleared those things out of, out of my life and I had no real reason or knowledge of why I was doing that fast, but it actually turned out to be a time of tremendous upheaval. Um, tell uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about that because I'd like us to hear that. Yeah, um, I was in, um, uh, after my marriage broke down, a series of uh, very poor relationships and relationships that were, that were um, uh, hurtful and um, not, not fantastic. And in that, in that period of time, um, some of the stuff that um, had been through those relationships, my family relationships, um, um, and the, the brokenness and spiral, I guess, of my um, destructive cycles that I had been in had come back to to uh, bite me a little bit in that period of time and um, I remember sitting in the front room of my house praying with Jordan over that time and Jordan started crying and you know if Jordan starts crying then things are really bad um, yeah um, but um, in that period of time um, I, I found that, that cycle that I'd been in I'd struggled with um, suicidal ideation and um, with a strong depression previous to um, these past couple of years um, and the things that happened to me could have been triggers for me moving back into that that period of time but glory to God without my knowledge of the things that were coming my way he called me to pray and that time of fasting helped me empty out all that other stuff and focus on what really mattered focus on his forgiveness focus on his grace focus what he wanted me to be doing in my life and in that time without my knowing of it through through that time of prayer God gave me direction he gave me grace and healing and and you know I'm really living out of a place at this point of time of gratefulness that I chose to be obedient in that because yeah it's it's started something completely new in me the, the amazing thing about you is your eyes are clear do you know what I mean uh, your heart has been untangled I've seen it uh, and I'm not wanting to be funny about this but it's also that God's brought the right person into your life yeah. and you're getting married I think in, in, in May. May it's yeah. like a, a total restoration yeah. because you set your heart to put God first and uh, when we do that something powerful begins to happen thank you so much my friend give him a big big hand this morning would you stand to your feet Pastor Charles is going to come in a minute just before we do do you know, uh, we've never tried to force anybody to do anything. I'm not trying to force you. I hope I inspire you and I hope I encourage you to see that God loves us. He has a purpose and a plan for us. That He has a purpose and a plan for all of us. That He wants to meet your need. He wants to untangle our hearts. 
He wants us to start a new chapter. I really feel like our church is, our church has just turned the page. There's a new chapter he's about to write. So I wonder just in this moment, if you could close your eyes, if you feel comfortable to put your hands out in front of you, in front of you, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because while I was sitting there, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks in, He can speak over a period of time or He can speak in a moment. I know when I was sitting down the front, God told me to do something, which I will do this week. But I just wonder if you would just ask God or if you can, if you sense in your heart that God's asking you to do something through this prayer and fasting, that you would right now just say, God, I, I, I want to do, I'll respond. Fasting is about the heart. Praying is about the heart. It's about repositioning your heart for His purpose so His presence can come and invade your spirit so that you can connect with His power. And Father, today we come, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge Your Lordship. We acknowledge Your purpose. We acknowledge our dependency and need upon You. Father, as we come as a church, Lord, we want your purpose and your presence and your power to be manifest in our homes, in our lives, in our families, in our church. Speak to us, Lord. Help us. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. We know there's greater days ahead. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Pastor Charles, our campus pastor, is just going to direct you. If you can, if you've come this morning, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings behind your seats. There's some credit card slips if you want to start filling those out as Pastor Charles brings us some announcements. Thanks, Charles. Thank you. Hey, sorry that we've gone over a little bit this morning. We don't often do that here, but who just believes that there is something happening in this place today? And, and I, I believe the season to come in this house is a really exciting one, and I can't wait to see uh, what uh, God will do. I think for me, I, I agree, I, I can't wait to see the power of just many testimonies like we saw this morning, standing up here, giving honour and glory to God for His goodness. You know, one of the ways that we get to choose to honour Him is through our giving. Uh, I just want to thank you all for your obedience to God and your faithfulness to Him as you give this morning. So why don't you quickly take that uh, in your hand because we want to move quickly this morning. I've got uh, just a few things that I'll try and move quickly through, but let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you. Thank you that in Matthew 6.33, it talks about when we seek you first, that all these things are added. Lord, that is our need, our, the food, the clothing, the shelter. Lord, when we seek you, you just provide what we need. But Lord God, I thank you that you actually go above and beyond that, Lord. Always above and beyond that. And Lord, we get the opportunity to give back to you today. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you guys just pass the buckets that are on your left-hand side, right down the, the lanes. Uh, that would be great. Now, I have a few announcements uh, to get through this morning. Um, so what our ushers are going to quickly do is they're going to begin to try and hand these uh, out in a little minute. And I'm going to start to go through some of them. But what we'll do in the meantime, just to give them uh, some time to do that, because we have to move quickly, just get you guys to turn to the screen. Uh, we're going to be doing a series soon in our connect groups uh, around prayer and fasting, which commence in January. I want to have a quick look at the screen just to see this video. 
reason I have to wrestle with unanswered prayer is because I believe in prayer. If I didn't believe in prayer, then I wouldn't have a problem with unanswered prayer. But it's because God does answer prayer, it's because miracles do happen that sometimes we have to get our heads around the fact that they don't always. I think there are three reasons why our prayers sometimes don't get answered. And I always say it's to do with either God's world or God's will or God's will. God's world, some prayers aren't answered because just God set things up to work the way they do. C.S. Lewis says that by definition, miracles have to be relatively rare. Uh, because, for example, if every time a hammer was fall, falling towards the toe of a Christian, and God's a loving father, and he made the hammer float, then the world would be full of floating hammers, and that would not be a good thing. So some of our unanswered prayers are just to do with God's world. And that can be very painful if a political system is voted into power that makes corrupt decisions, and we're damaged by those decisions. That is to do with the way the world works. The second reason sometimes our prayers don't work, though, is to do with God's will. We think we know what is right, but actually we don't necessarily. Billy Graham's wife once said, I'm so glad doesn't, God doesn't answer all my prayers or I'd have married the wrong guy at least three times, you know. We, we all at times have prayed things very passionately and only with later hindsight do we understand why God didn't answer our prayers. And the Bible says God's ways are not our ways. And sometimes, of course, that can be agony if you're praying for someone to be healed and they die. In my own wrestling with uh, my wife Sammy's epilepsy, and you say, God, how can her having another seizure make any difference to anyone anywhere except it just is agonizing? So it can be very difficult sometimes to understand God's will, but we know it's always loving. So there's three reasons. God's uh, world, uh, sometimes it's just the laws of nature. God's will, sometimes God's got a higher plan. And then there's God's war, sometimes just God's will is being resisted and we have to pray it in. So that's going to be a great series. So we are in the blocks for 2017 here at Uni Hill Church. Uh, a lot of our programs get going again. Uh, in February, youth starts, young adults start, uh, but our connect groups start. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing that program, that series. It's a six-week series uh, based from the uh, Alpha Prayer Ministry that's there that goes through the Lord's Prayer and teaches us about prayer. Now, we want to provide an opportunity for those of you that may not be in a connect group. Uh, during February, we'd love for you to be a part of uh, a connect group. So what I might do is the connect groups uh, leaders that are here today, could you quickly stand just, uh, just quickly around the room? There's one there. There's another one there. They are. They're spread out around the place. There are some connect groups here. There are also a few leaders that are away being the time of year. Thanks, guys. You can sit down. Please join a connect group. But we are also uh, with Ross Valentine. He oversees the prayer ministry at our church. He'll also be running it here during the series. So there will be opportunity for you to join a connect group, uh, get connected in, which is important. But also, we believe that this is going to be a, a dynamic series and, and one where we can uh, begin to reach the heart of God. So be encouraged. A lot of you guys would have been given a little pamphlet thing that we've created. 
We want to give out one per family. Uh, now on the front page is the prayer and fasting brochure. Uh, that's all about your personal and your family uh, things you want to be praying and fasting for. And then down there, uh, we've put some church and community things that Pastor Nick has had on his heart, uh, seeing their salvations and restoration. We want to be believing for those. Healing increased faith and moves of the Holy Spirit. So we want to see those things. Now, there are plenty of these available for people. So if you uh, want more, they're just out in the foyer near the information uh, desk. But if you open up, uh, you'll see on the second page, we can do this together. Uh, you see the Inside Out series. That's really cool. It's about exploring behaviours, emotions, forgiveness and trust. And uh, what, what it does, it brings restoration for the heart. Uh, so that's going to be great. It's starting... Um, uh, those dates that are on there will actually change. Uh, so just be uh, aware that there's going to be a change there. But it'll be on Thursdays uh, from 7.30 to uh, 9.30 here in the church. If we go to the next one together, we'll keep going quickly. Uh, what we have starting on the 7th of February... Our interns uh, begin their Bible college through Harvest. But uh, what we are allowed to do that Harvest have okayed is that we're allowed to open up uh, these learning sessions to the entire church. So throughout the year, we get the blessing of uh, being able to come in on a Tuesday from 6.30 till 9.30. And you're able to sit in the Bible college classes that they are actually sitting in. But you don't have to sit the exams or you don't get the degree at the end. But what you do is you get the advantage of sitting under this ministry. That'll be really great. The first one there, as you can see, is personal management and spiritual health. It's about creating the right disciplines for your life and for your ministry. Uh, so please, if you want to, as you can see at the bottom, you see a little square that has your name and your phone number. It's also on the inside out brochure as well. What we want you to do is fill in your name and your number and at the information uh, desk, you'll see a drop box. It'll be there every week from now on. All you need to do is put the uh, brochure in there with your name to register and then um, Pastor Greg or someone will follow you up in regards to that. So that drop box is at the um, information desk and uh, it'd be great to start using that. Also, uh, there's a new brochure out there to do with prayer and praise points. If you want to fill it in and use that box also, you can. And moving over, uh, a great way to launch the year I felt in February is to do something fun as a family. Uh, so on February the 10th, we're going to be having in the back car park a uh, fundraiser. Uh, we're going to be for James and um, Kate uh, Ayton. They're currently in a church plant in the Philippines. James came and spoke here uh, for Hope Tour last year, and it was an incredible uh, uh, day, really, uh, telling a story. Uh, it was just an amazing time. And he's really actually helped uh, Hope Tour move into the future. He's arranged some speakers that will be coming uh, this year, which I'll touch on at a later date. But uh, he's started a church plant in the Philippines. They've been going about four months. They're up to 160 people, praise God. And um, we want to just be able to help uh, raise a little bit of funds for his family and to support that local ministry in the Philippines. So we're having a drive-in movie out the back, but it'll be more you'll bring your car in and then we'll meet in the middle. We'll bring your camp chairs and we're going to have a heap of fun. There's been guys that want to skate around delivering food. And the way it works is you come, you purchase your ticket, have a great night and you've helped raise money for the family. So we'll have food uh, available to purchase, but it'll be a fun night. Um, from next week, we'll have registration for that. That is a night to invite somebody along who may need to be in a community that loves and accepts them. There's always opportunities, isn't there? 
Amen, amen. So why don't we just do one last thing. I just want to thank the ushers uh, for running around in this last period. We changed the structure of the service during the service this morning. But I want to take up a missions offering um, on that note after speaking about James. But we actually support some uh, missionaries in our church. We know of Vincent Borromeo. Uh, we know of the Smith family in Cambodia. And we support these guys who live quite modest lives, but they are serving the King of Kings. And we get an opportunity to partner with their ministry uh, through our missions giving. And, and, and you know, this is something uh, that is vitally important to the kingdom of God and, and we get to partner with it. So why don't you, um, there's also credit card slips available if you need in the back of chairs and if you need a pen, but why don't we quickly uh, grab our missions offering together and then let's stand and pray and then uh, we'll sing a final song and we'll pass the buckets down the aisle. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for Vincent. I just think of him, uh, Lord, and the Smith family. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you this year will use them beyond uh, even their thoughts, Lord God. I just pray that you'll create supernatural circumstances, Lord God, that may even be birthed from this house in support of them, Lord God, that we can see them, Lord God. Just extend your kingdom. Protect them. Keep them buoyant, Lord God. Give them peace. Give them joy. Give them strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. The buckets are on your left-hand side. Why don't you pass them down the aisle and we'll stand and sing this final song. Looking forward to seeing you all next Sunday at 10 a.m. Have a blessed week in Jesus' name.